0: Home Star Collective podcast. I'm your host Chris Grisolia and I'm joined this week by our very special guest, uh, a longtime acquaintance, so from, from about five years now I think, four or five years, Nikki Lawley of Nikki and the Plant. Welcome Nikki, how are you today?
1: Doing great Chris, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, how have you been since the last time I seen you?
1: Wow, it's been uh, quite the adventure between medical scenarios, and I had a new grandbaby be born, and uh, lots of stuff going on, lots of uh, interest in the story, lots of people really taking interest in cannabis as medicine.
0: Well, at that point, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell our audience who you are, a little bit about your background, and then kind of get into your story.
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Nikki Lawley, and I'm from Buffalo, New York. Uh, About six years ago, I suffered a traumatic brain injury while working as a pediatric nurse. My life changed in a second. I began to experience symptoms such as anxiety, depression, cognitive function issues. I could no longer count. I could no longer do the most basic of things. Uh, The struggle was real, and I never expected to go from a healthcare provider perspective to being a patient. Um, One of the things that really was frustrating when I became a patient is my credibility became in question. And why you ask? Because when you look at me right now and you see how high functioning I am, you just assume there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, When you have a traumatic brain injury, you basically have an invisible disability. And people don't understand that. They think that, oh, well, here's this girl, she got her stuff kind of put together, but you have no idea what it took me to get here. And that's the method of my story or message of my story, because I almost took my life because of my symptoms of traumatic brain injury. And When I say almost, I literally was ready to jump off a balcony in Las Vegas and a billboard came passing by and said, get your medical marijuana card today in Nevada.
0: Every every time, not to interrupt you, but every time you tell me that portion of your story, uh, I go from almost starting to cry to just a feeling of excitement when you talk about the billboard driving by. I'm sorry, continue. (laughs)
1: It's okay. Um, The billboard transformed my life. How do you put a price or what's an ROI on this billboard? What's a life worth? That billboard saved my life that day. Get your medical marijuana card in Nevada today. I was ready to Peter Pan off the balcony and I had no hope, none, zero, and to get in that state and to be that sad and to absolutely feel like your life is no longer worth living, that's a really dark place, my friends. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that billboard because that billboard gave me hope. It wasn't like, it was almost a mockery when that happened. Um, because I'm part of the D.A.R.E. era and Nancy Reagan, just say no, and your brain on drugs with the egg and mm-hmm. the frying pan, you know... I have a brain injury. How smart could it be to fry my brain on drugs? And when you really think about that concept, cannabis has been shown to improve so many things with the brain. The U.S. actually has a patent on its neuroprotective qualities. Yeah, We didn't learn about the endocannabinoid system, or that we have a system in our body that is responsible for balance or homeostasis in nursing school. We didn't understand cannabis could be used as medicine. If you would have told me your child was taking cannabis for management of his seizures, I would have called Child Protective Services on you. I mean, like without hesitation. Now, my opinion, has 180 degree change. And the reason is that that billboard, because that billboard gave me hope and then began the journey of, how do you figure out what works and why? And how do I manage these symptoms? I got a glisten of hope when I was on vacation that day in Vegas. But then I came home to New York State and chronic pain, which is the main thing I was really treating with my head and neck, yeah. wasn't recognized as one of our conditions in New York State. So then began more drugs again, being on 16 different pharmaceuticals, having your credibility turned into question. Um, The whole nightmare of workers' compensation because I was injured at work. It was a real thing, Chris. And I was at my breaking point and then I found friends because I was a casino dealer. Um, I had a lot of friends that followed me from Canada And so one of them saw one of my posts where I was just so sad. And I said, I found hope in cannabis. But when I shared my experience with cannabis in Nevada to the workers' compensation doctors in New York, they actually put in my file that I was a drug seeker and using illicit substances and smoking to just get high. And therefore, (laughs) you know, we need to be cautious when we give her pain meds. This was in my medical record. I wanted off all the drugs, and they just kept giving me more drugs for more symptoms. Which ultimately, those symptoms were created from the drug they put me on.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm a nurse, right? I don't question what the doctors are doing. Why? Because they've been my boss, like through my career. So, what do you do? do you just obey them, and then when you tell them about cannabis, and you're like, "Whoa, can't mention that again," because then it's gonna pushed me the wrong way. Sure. And at the end of the day, I had to learn how to become an advocate. I had to learn how to go from the healthcare provider to the patient, to now the advocate, to now the voice of those that are afraid to use their voice, those who can't use their voice, those who really need alternatives besides just the traditional pharmaceutical model. The pharmaceutical model almost killed me. I was on so many different drugs that had so many interactions that were messing up my brain chemistry. My brain was no longer my own. I became numb. I became emotional, like I couldn't regulate my emotions whatsoever Um, or I felt nothing like nothing at all. So when I found cannabis and I was able to feel something for the first time was really in Canada. Because my friends reached out and said, hey, we've got weed in Canada. We have a whole medical program. But in my mind, Chris, medical cannabis was medical cannabis. It was not the same stuff he grew in his house, right? It was not the same stuff that you could get from Bob down the street. It was medical cannabis. And so when I didn't get it, when I came back to New York and the doctor thing, and I was all paranoid now that I was going to get drug tested and you know what I mean? It was like a whole thing. Sure. And I didn't want it on my record being a nurse that, you know, here I am a drug seeker and we have to worry about me in the field. Like really, that's like yeah. so disheartening when you think <laughs> of this camp, you know what I it's mean? Insane.
0: Like, it's insane. It's insane what people I have to go through.
1: Not include death. it's insane it's insane killed me kim cymbalta literally almost killed me Mm. and then i went through the withdrawal coming off of cymbalta so i went from thinking about suicide to actually planning my death when i was coming off it so we aren't talking about this enough we aren't talking about the problems of more pharmaceuticals instead we're just giving more pharmaceuticals instead Talking about a plant and an alternative therapy that can literally be utilized. Let me be crystal clear, Chris. I still have the symptoms of traumatic brain injury, but cannabis allows me to live in the moment. Cannabis puts those symptoms so that they're no longer so debilitating that I can't function in a way that I can function, in a way that I can interact with others. My story, although it's not that really unique, because so many thousands of people suffer from traumatic brain injury. It happens to be traumatic brain injury awareness month uh, for the month of March. So every day I'm posting new content about my injury and just little snippets and people's minds and hearts are being changed by that. They're being educated in a way that they can understand.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I just real quick before we have to uh, take a sponsor break, I want you to kind of, you, you've touched on two things that you do. You, you said as a casino dealer and both as a nurse, you actually were a nurse before your accident, correct?
1: Correct. That's how I suffered my traumatic brain injury was working as a pediatric nurse.
0: Yeah. And that's the, that's the other part was the pediatric nurse part was because that's be, where your interest in kids and talking about THC and what you would have done in the past before yeah. you found out the reality, Right
1: right sorry i skipped around a lot i get excited not
0: a problem not a problem (laughs) Uh, we all do it at any rate we're going to take a quick sponsor break and then when we come back we'll get into you know what you tried in vegas at first and and what the what the feelings and results were and then and how you how you found what you found in canada and how you've worked it out since then and we'll go from there
1: okay great
0: we're gonna, we're gonna take our first sponsor break right quick. And when we come back, as I said, we'll talk more with Nikki and we'll get into about her website and all that good stuff. And we'll do that in just a few minutes.
3: Join us on Tuesday, March 14th for the Texas Marijuana Policy Lobby Day at the State Capitol. The majority agree. Texans of all political persuasions agree. It's time for cannabis law reform. There's lots to do in little time. With all lawmakers meeting only for 140 days every two years, we have a lot of work to do in a short period of time. The Texas Marijuana Policy Lobby Day. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas, from traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their Their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information.
2: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Graves.
0: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of at Texas Cannabis Collective. My guest this week is Nikki Lawley of Nikki and the Plant. And we were talking about how you found cannabis to treat uh, your chronic pain and eventually other symptoms of your TBI, correct?
1: Absolutely.
0: Tell us how, how you were in Vegas, which of course has legal cannabis, right? So you were there and you saw this billboard drive by and then you decided to try some. Tell us a little bit about that story, what you tried and, and that whole, how everything came about there.
1: Sure, so at the time when I was there in 2017, cannabis was not adult use, it was strictly medical. So you needed a card to be able to access a dispensary. So this particular billboard drove by the Las Vegas strip saying get your medical marijuana card today and gave you a 1-800 number with an address. I ended up leaving my hotel and going with my husband to this clinic and getting my medical card. And then I went to a dispensary to fill the prescription. And having never done anything like this before, there were so many products and it was so overwhelming. I didn't know what to touch. I didn't know what to look at. It was just like, whoa, tinctures, edibles, um, vapes. And I was never really a smoker. Um, working in the casino, uh, industry, it's a very poly substance friendly environment. In other words, we've got drinkers, we've got smokers, we've got those that use substances up their nose and whatnot. Um, whenever there was an after party, people would break out cannabis. Right. And I mean, did I smoke it a few times? Absolutely. But I became so paranoid because of my nursing license that, well, what if something happened and I ever had to get tested? And I mean... In my mind, cannabis, you touch it once and like it's in your system for like six months. Just not (laughs) being aware of how it works today. So when I was at the dispensary, the bud tender did what any good bud tender would do and gave me a wide assortment of various products, including two joints. Now, I had smoked joints before, as I just shared, but never as medicine. And I truly believed I was going into like a literal medical pharmacy that only handled medical needs and so i tried all the gummies um there was no instructions no one told you you know go low and slow maybe start with like five milligrams and increase it no 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 no, no. Yeah. i ate three or four actual bags of the whole product of oh gummies. my word right and it could have been an absolutely horrible experience but i've learned since then <laughs> Um, that I lack the cytochrome gene in your liver that actually metabolizes THC and C B D. Okay. Yeah. So it does not have the effects on me that it would have had on the rest of most of the population of the country. Sure. So, but what it did do is I slept. I slept for the first time since my accident, which had been four months prior. And I slept hard, Chris. I mean, I can't even remember how long I slept, honestly, but got up and I mean, I felt so weed hungover. I just felt so tired. And it was from all these gummies that I ate that were not correctly dosed, not recommending this, anyone do this ever. Um, But this is what my experience was. And my husband's like, you know, we're going home today and you've got those two joints that the kid sold you. Why don't you smoke one of those joints? And I'm like, dude, I can't even imagine smoking a joint. My head is going to fall off. I mean, just the thought of sucking anything was like, oh my God, no way. But I did because I knew then I'd waste my $45 I just spent on these two cannabis joints. And um, I wanted to go out for breakfast. I had been in that hotel for four and a half days and had not left the hotel room. I sat in the corner, crying, sobbing and everything. So the day before we go home was this whole cannabis experience. First time I left the hotel room that entire stay. And that's a big deal. Um, because I wanted to leave the hotel room. It wasn't that I was leaving the hotel room. I actually wanted to. And It wasn't a cure-all, Chris. It was not something that like, oh my God, now I'm just all better and everything's perfect, rosy and peachy keen and kumbaya, here we go. It was more like, I'm thinking about other things besides my head getting ready to fall off. I'm thinking about other things besides how am I gonna die? I'm thinking about other things besides, oh my God, all the noise, all the lights, all the sounds, how am I gonna even deal with this? Cannabis allowed me to live in a moment, in the moment, in a way that was different than what I had previously experienced with since my injury. Yeah. And it was like it gave me hope. I had no hope when I was looking down at that sign that came by driving by advertising its card, the medical card and the ability to get your cannabis card. I literally found a tiny glisten of hope. And so then when I came home to New York. I couldn't wait to tell the doctors. Like, I mean, I wanted to go back to work, Chris. I didn't want to become a career disability uh, human. Sure. But my career, I can no longer be an active duty nurse for multiple reasons. But the main reason is the cognitive issues. Like I can't count the way I used to, okay? Being a dealer in a casino, like money is second nature. Counting cards, doing any of that is like, second nature. But the part of my brain that was damaged when I was working, it was the frontal lobe. And that's really responsible for all your executive functioning, your counting, your emotional regulation, things of that nature. So no matter what I do, I can't really fix that. But I've got lots of like life hacks of how to deal with that. And that's what another thing cannabis allowed you to do is, again, get out of that cycle. But when I came back to New York and I had no hope again, found my friends in Canada who then helped me. They had a producer like, so Canada is so different than the United States. I mean, I feel like each state is its own desert island now, but in Canada, the whole country is the same way. So if you're in Ontario or you're in Saskatchewan, you can get the same products. Um, They have licensed producers, which are the growers, the processors, they either sell to the Ontario cannabis store or they can sell direct to the end consumer. They have a system that works because you know what? The cannabis actually comes in the mail when you're a medical patient, like it comes to your door. And like, it was just a system I couldn't believe existed. So when I tried this first initial producers products, We bought, like, I don't know, three or four different strains, right? So I'm trying them out, and, like, the first one gave me couch lock like I've never seen. Like, I mean, I was, like, I I literally could not function. And, I mean, come to find out the reasons why are really in the chemical constituents of the plants, the terpenes, the minor cannabinoids. But this was way more advanced than where it was back in 2018. Sure, sure. And um, then I had a string called Original Cheese from the same manufacturer. I went from being in the couch to not moving, to not having any desire to do a single thing, to now being able to function. And I was playing Scrabble, Chris, like making words and doing things that I had not done since my injury. I'd not even been able to even think of. I still couldn't do the math, which was kind of a bummer. but. I was able to play. I was able to do something. So my husband called from New York and said, hey, how are you? And I'm like, hey, I'm good. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, what do you mean what's wrong? He's like, (laughs) you sound normal. Like actually normal. (laughs) Like, like, I mean, he's been living. I mean, when a family member suffers a traumatic brain injury, the spouse, the caregiver, the whoever... It's yeah. responsible now to try and get to know this person that they don't know anymore. You know, it's a whole different personality change and shift. Yeah. And so, my poor husband went through that. You know, he had to deal with this suicidal wife that, like, nobody was believing. You know, she's malingering, and so then you start to think you're crazy. Like, I mean, like I'm lucid, right? And and poor Jack had to deal with all that. So when he calls me, he's like. You sound normal. I'm like, wow. Maybe it's something to do with this pot. And again, I (laughs) hate using the terms pot, weed, herb, things like that. I try to stay professional with the term cannabis. Marijuana has so many negative connotations from racism, from uh, you know greed, from legal policies. I hate the word, but it's what people recognize. And so I continue to try and elevate the conversation by using cannabis, but. Long story short, I mean, at the time I was definitely saying weed.
0: We're we're one in the same on that one for sure. Uh, I, I'm right there with you. I hate those words, uh, but uh they have their place because they have their place. I mean, it's what people it's what recognize. people
2: know. Yeah. Uh,
0: and and you know, I argue all the time with people. Uh, it's it's like pulling teeth sometimes. Because people, and I I get it, I get it. They want to complain, you know, it's cannabis. Don't say marijuana. Don't say weed. Don't say pot. Don't say, you know, all these things. Uh, And I get it. I get it. But marijuana, number one, most importantly, which is the one people just really jump on because the the racist history of it and all, uh, is the one that's most recognized. Just exactly what you've said. Unfortunately, so... When you're talking to lawmakers, or you're trying to give an impression to people who are following what lawmakers are saying, we'll have to use the word that they're saying. Sometimes we even have to here in Texas because it's it's stupid, but uh, when they wrote the statutes, they spelt it with a H instead of a J. So, so we have we have yeah. to use that rendition as well. And it's like, get over it, people. We're talking about the same thing and we love the word cannabis. We understand it but we're trying to achieve something here, (laughs) right? Exactly,
1: exactly. And so, you know, my journey really, I can say with cannabis and understanding it as medicine really happened in mid 2018 when I was able to go to my friends and learn about the plant and really effectively consume it. My quality of life when I was in Canada compared to my quality of life in New York was life changing, life changing, because I couldn't come home with my medicine that I experienced in Canada. My illness doesn't know if I'm in Canada or in the US, right? Like it's still the same, whether I'm in Texas, whether I'm in New York, it's still the same. It does not recognize state or country lines. So when we're talking about quality of life and everything that's going so phenomenal in Canada, and then you have to come home where you know you don't have that same quality of life. It was depressing as hell. And every time I had to leave to come home to Canada, to the States, all I did was hold on to the hope for when I was going back to Canada. I literally craved Canada if, if I was craving any kind of drug, it was craving Canada, not because of the cannabis, but because of the quality of life, because yeah. of being restored to the old Nikki, because of being able to talk to people again. and To function,
0: able- basically. To function. function, yeah.
1: That's literally what it was. And people don't get that. I was literally a medical cannabis refugee in the country of Canada because yeah. my home state did not have... First of all, it wasn't a condition until 2018, which I did then get my medical card in New York. But the products didn't work because we didn't have whole flour, you know, limited products, limited efficacy. And when I found what started working, it was all about the terpenes. And that's a whole different conversation because there's so many parts of this plant that have so many health and healing benefits. And that's, where I try and put my purpose and my passion in educating the can of curious and educating the lawmakers, the decision makers, the schools, the the PTAs, you know, like okay, we definitely need to talk about adults being adults mm-hmm. and children being children. If you have a pack of cigarettes, you probably shouldn't have it in reach of your three year old, right? Thank you. Okay. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. If you have a bottle of alcohol sitting right in front of your three-year-old. I mean, it's possible your child could consume it, but that's not the alcohol's fault. That's the parent's fault. And all these stories that you hear of children consuming mm-hmm. edibles, taking their parents' edibles, doing this with edibles,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: those are not on the plant Those are on the parents.
0: Those are irresponsible parents not doing their job as a parent.
1: Securing their medication.
0: I mean, exactly. Or
1: their entertainment or their recreation. Whichever it is. You do. You do you. But
0: I mean, uh, not to interrupt.
1: Responsibility. It makes me psychotic when, you know, we see all this. Hullabaloo, sensationalism, marijuana, put 10 kids in the hospital. Well, why the hell did they have the damn stuff to begin with?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, not to interrupt, but, you know, most states today have laws in place where if a child gets a gun and shoots somebody with it, the parent gets in trouble. Yeah. Right. So this is the same exact thing. (laughs) It's That's the same exact thing.
1: Gun and kill him, but but yes, but, but it's yes. the
0: same principle. It's, it's the same, same principle.
1: Principle, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I just I hate guns. I just I do too. I, do
0: too. I do too. I mean, I don't hate them, but I they have their place. But they have their
1: place. But I, I mean, hate
0: how many guns there are in the United States and how many right. people think they have to have and all that hoopla. I mean, I own guns. Don't get me wrong. There's one in the corner, right over here behind me, loaded, ready to go <laughs> if it's needed. But yeah, that's that's a whole yeah, different story. Different. I don't have any kids in the house either.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Like you don't let your three-year-old be running around with your loaded gun. No,
0: and when my grandkids come, it gets put up. So, yeah. you know, where they can't reach it. Anyway, we're going to have to get... Uh, that that could be a whole other subject we don't really want to get into. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're going to have to take another sponsor break right quick. When we get back, I want to get into... your org that you started Nikki and the plant tell us about that what its purpose is and all that what you're trying to do with it okay okay all right perfect as I said we're going to take our second sponsor break we'll be back in just a couple minutes and uh, then we'll talk about Nikki's.org. we'll be right back
3: Join us on Tuesday, March 14th, for the Texas Marijuana Policy Lobby Day at the state capitol. The majority agree. Texans of all political persuasions agree. It's time for cannabis law reform. There's lots to do in little time. With all lawmakers meeting only for 140 days every two years, we have a lot of work to do in a short period of time. The Texas Marijuana Policy Lobby Day. Drive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas. A full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit ThriveTX.com for more information.
2: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Graves.
0: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. This week, I'm joined by my guest, Nikki Lawley of Nikki and the Plant. Welcome back, Nikki.
1: Thanks so much, Chris. I'm
0: glad to have you. I always like hearing your story and always like sharing your story uh, because it's such an important one. Uh, we Before we went to the break, I had mentioned your .org, Nikki and the Plant. Tell us how you started that, why you started that, and what it's all about, please.
1: Sure. So Nikki and the Plant was just kind of born more out of necessity to have a business behind Nikki Lolly. So it wasn't on my person, but rather a company so that I could be paid for my appearances, my educational content, things of that nature. And it was created to hopefully help bring a voice and awareness to multiple uh, platforms that are supporting cannabis education and bring awareness to how patients can just find their voice and become their own advocate. Um, Cannabis is medicine and we need to talk about that just as much as we need to talk about safe access. Uh, One of my really strong ally ships is with, uh, Americans for safe access. They have chapters all over the country and mm-hmm. I love the work they do because they create such valuable needs for especially legislative divisions. And so Nikki and the plant's just trying to help advocate everywhere it can. It's really not about Nikki Lolly. It's about the plant.
0: Yeah. Uh, Americans for safe access does a lot of great work. Along with, there's a, even a, I don't know if there still exists, but there was a Texans for safe access group here. That was an offshoot of Americans for safe access. I think they're still still around, but I haven't I seen much.
1: I got created, Chris. I think they're relatively new in Texas. I think yeah. they're still kind of building the platform. I'm the chair for one in New York state. The, um, we're not a state chapter. We're just an advisory board for policy change, but, It's a volunteer organization and everybody's all gung-ho and ready to go. But at the end of the day, if you don't put in the work, my name being the head of an advisory board for Americans for safe access really means nothing because you don't have the cooperation of the community and everybody is busy as hell in New York state because so much going on and it's literally an ever changing landscape by the day. And so, how do we make a difference as Americans for safe access? One of the biggest problems is finding money. Um, Nobody wants to contribute for advocacy and it's the most important thing. You wouldn't have adult use if it wasn't for patients needing safe access. And we forget that. Like to me, any multi-state organization that's not supporting Americans for safe access, that's a problem (laughs) because whether they're adult use or medical, Patients need safe access. We need to not get diluted in the getting high and the high THC and just worrying about, you know, the negatives that could potentially come from cannabis. We need to talk about the health benefits and we need to continue to have access to reliable information.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's
1: why I support ASA because they're doing it right.
0: Yeah. And, you know, on that note, I got to say, you talk about people and, and getting hung up on the high and the THC and all that. You know, we have so many people because it's it's kind of screwy the way our program's set up here in Texas. Right. Uh, with the whole uh, THC cap. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't understand that this THC cap business isn't what they think it is. Uh, what they say, the one percent by dry weight is what it currently is set at. And that, that by dry weight is the key language because they still produce the same edible gummies, 10, 20 milligram gummies, as any other state in the, in the union does with their medical programs, right? They still produce tinctures, uh, different drinks, stuff like that, uh, chocolate bars. That's the only class, obviously, of, of edibles that we have here in Texas. But we do have products where they can get high doses of THC. Uh the, the, the difference is we don't have the smokable or inhalable products. We don't have vapes. We don't have flour. And that's that's the roadblock we continually hit with our lawmakers. And, you know, what I tell everybody, and, and uh, hopefully maybe you can elaborate on the importance of this a little bit as a patient and someone who's done the work and, and continues. I applaud you because you continue to spread the word and do the work. But here in Texas, what we, what we have, and this is what I, I keep trying to get through, people, we're such a large state, such a massive area, and such a massive population spread out across this state. Uh, we have so many representatives, so many counties, so many different senators, representatives, the whole bit. I mean, there's over 180 lawmakers in Texas. That's a lot of different people to have to convince of something, right? Right. Right. If you have a lot of people that you have to convince of something, what's the best way to do it? Get a lot of people to convince them. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. And and
0: that's what we, so, I mean, we, we have our lobby day, which for starters, our legislative session, I don't know if you know or not, it's only every other year. So we only get an opportunity every two years to make change in Texas, which is like crazy, but with that being said, every other year we have our marijuana policy lobby day, and continually since they started it many, many years before I got involved, it's gradually grown in numbers. Right, 2019 was the last time we got to do it in person, and we had uh, a little over 420 people show up. Some people say it was exactly 420, but I don't think anybody actually got a perfect count. But uh, and that was pretty pretty impressive for. A number of people to show up to the state capitol until you put it into perspective uh, divide that out by 180 some odd lawmakers that's not very many people per lawmaker no. number one uh, it's two to three sometimes four or five sometimes only one depending upon the district because obviously because the size of texas it's hard for everybody to come to one central location yeah. but uh, the other aspect of perspective is There are over 29 million people in Texas. Yeah. uh, To get just 1%. Now, mind you, I understand you're not going to get 2.9 million people to show up to the Texas Capitol and there wouldn't be room for them if they did, but that would be 1% of Texas population. Just 1% would be 2.9 million people. Right. So when you say 400 and some odd people, you think, wow, that's a lot until you think, About those other two points, and you go, no, it's not, (laughs) you know. So that's been my argument. We need 1,200 people to show up, or 1,500, or 2,000. You know, they just had, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Texas, in our last legislative session, passed a law where basically anybody can carry a weapon without a permit, without any training, Wow. no safety training, no nothing. If you're but on you a can't gun.
1: have access to a plant. I'm just yeah. throwing that in there.
0: Just throw that in there. We'll tell you. I'll let you.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> but, well, I mean, it, the crazy aspect is they passed that law. I, I, I was with law enforcement on that one and against it, right? But anyway, they passed it. Well, Last session, not anybody was really doing a lot of lobbying publicly at the state capitol still because of the whole COVID and everything. I mean, it was 2021, right? We're still in the heat of it. So uh, long and the short of it is now there are bills out there and one that I I don't have a problem with that wants to increase the age from 18 to 21 in Texas to buy a semi-automatic or rifle or an AR rifle, Right what most people would call an AR rifle. Uh, And the lobby that was there this Tuesday, the number of citizens that showed up for their lobby day on Tuesday of this week, because I happened to be there, we had a committee hearing on a penalty reduction bill. So I was in, plus I had some meetings with a couple of different offices, but there were thousands and thousands of Texans, parents, moms and dads, Cause you know, the recent shooting in Uvalde, Texas,
2: Yes, the, yes. you know,
0: yes. uh, Traffic. so there were, there were, I mean, literally thousands, you could not go into one of those 180 something offices where there weren't 30 or 40 people in them. Wow. And there were thousands lying in the hallways that they were everywhere. Wow. I'd be willing to bet you that that bill gets passed. Wow. I don't know if our governor will will sign it or not. I I think he will. But I'm pretty sure that bill will get passed, at least that portion. I don't know what else. I haven't looked into the bill at all. I know that that's one aspect of it is to raise that age, which if the drinking age is 21, the age to buy any gun, in my opinion, ought to be 21, anything outside of maybe a shotgun. But uh, again, that's a whole other subject. But that's my point to people in the in the cannabis world uh, who want to get involved or say they're involved or uh, a lot that are afraid to get involved because they're afraid, you know, well, I don't want to go to the, I don't want to go to the Capitol because then yeah. they're going to they're throw me they're in
1: gonna jail. Me. They're going to know me. I, they're I, they're gonna I've gonna walked know in there with,
0: with, with the marijuana pin on my lapel, you know, and the Texas Department of Public Safety officers are the security people that you walk through the, the metal detectors and everything, right? And they look at you and go, hey, marijuana guys, glad y'all are still in the fight as you walk by. They don't have a problem in the world with you nobody searches you, nobody brings the dogs around to smell you, none of that stuff. Right. Uh, but we've really, we've got to get people, more people in my opinion. Uh, and I'd love to hear if you have any idea or perspective on how maybe we could do that.
1: So New York State, I was involved in the lobby days. Um, I was part of the lobby days when we were trying to pass the what we call the MARTA, the Marijuana Regulation and Tax Act. Um, And I would say there were similar numbers like that is important to show up. okay, for sure. Everyone should show up if cannabis is important to you, whether just because you support cannabis doesn't mean you use it. It just means you're open to others using it. Like, just because I support breast cancer doesn't mean I have breast cancer, but I support the message and the methodology. So how do we get those non, who recognize that we're spending stupid money prosecuting for little possession charges and little um, things that are tying up court systems when we could really be prosecuting real criminals instead. So when New York passed the MARTA, that was a really big deal. And how did we get more involvement? It was a lot of people from all over the state that really had passion to make change. People don't know what they don't know. I didn't know. And that's one of the big parts of my story. I didn't know. And I was wrong. And to be able to admit that and be transparent about that is a big deal. And the way legislators or lobbyists or anyone is going to change minds and hearts is by being authentic and saying, "Okay, I screwed up. I didn't realize that. All right. The THC cap is really stupid. Um, Stop worrying about the petty... Little deets worry about the big plant mission and talking about the plant as holistic therapy. When we go back to the roots of how California, how Colorado made progress with adult use and legalization, they all went back to the medical side. You know, like when we have adult use legalization, what it allows is. More access. The people that didn't want to go to their doctor and get a medical card because they were ashamed, embarrassed, the stigma, whatnot, are the ones we want to share their stories. We want to share their opinions because when they find benefit from this plant, they don't want to go back on the pharmaceuticals. They don't want to keep feeling like shit when they can feel good with cannabis. And so, but we have to get to that point. And so, my biggest push to you for Texas, and I mean, I'm an advocate for the whole country, for the whole world, ultimately, Same here. But, but Texas is definitely one of the more challenging states. I mean, in geographics and in demographics, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the big problems with Texas is guns and marijuana. Schedule one, Texas gun laws, feds don't like cannabis and Guns, okay, that's a big thing, and that's a federal problem. That's not just a Texas problem.
2: Yeah.
1: So that's one of the big holding points, and because Texas is a very pro-gun state, I'm not suggesting that's good or bad. I'm just saying Texas people want their guns. <laughs> you know, they got hunting to do. Yeah, they got, they're they're they got they're, are, they got that's like their binky. Guns are kind of a binky in Texas, and yeah. I get that, and that's not a problem. But until that changes at a federal level, until we lobby at a federal level, the state can only do so much. And the state only knows what they know. And again, back to my vouch Peter Pan off the balcony in Las Vegas, Nancy Reagan, the DARE, all your legislators most likely are DARE graduates themselves. And they were taught this is bad. This is schedule one there's no medicinal properties. So now you as Chris and your Texas cannabis collective comes in and says, no, 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 we want our plant. They're like, yeah, no, you guys are crazy. You guys are like wrong.
0: Because actually, the, actually the, the, the tides are changing. The conversations are getting in depth uh, that they are asking literally good and important questions. I mean, we've had uh, myself and, and Austin, our executive director, have had uh, we're probably over 20 meetings with different offices, uh, other than our just popping in and dropping off information weekly, as we do in every office. Uh, but uh, out of those, I would say probably half have been very long, in-depth, inquisitive conversations. Uh, some with huge support others with saying i always support you know what can we do to go further um some saying that there's an error about this legislative session that say uh we need to move on to the next level but that's only been a couple that i'm here saying that right and we have probably uh, we'll probably have some more meetings you know coming in in the coming weeks uh but i still think you know the number one thing that we could do to show the people is get as many people there on that one lobby day but i do agree with you i do agree with what you were saying there a lot of people who want cannabis in texas want it to be legal don't want to get behind it because they don't want to get lose their guns and Hundred percent, it, and it's a hundred percent understandable. I it mean, is, it is a hundred percent understandable. Well, w- with that, we're going to have to bring this to a close. Unfortunately, um,
1: we're just getting good, Chris. We're
0: we're just getting into it, but you are always welcome to come back. As all as, right, as, all as, right. Just know that you are always welcome to come back and continue the conversation. But before we go, please. Uh, tell our audience where your website is, where they can find you and all that good stuff.
1: Honestly, you guys can just Google Nikki Lolly, and you will find a whole lot of data on Google search. Um, I've had lots of people have me on their podcasts that know how to do the SEO stuff. So I show up bright and early, right off the top. And Nikkiandtheplant.org is my website, but I'm on YouTube, Linktree, LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, I'm not on Insta or TikTok, but other than that, I'm all over the place. And just remember, people don't know what they don't know. And if you can help someone else, that's what the world needs more of. We need to help each other and be voices for those that don't have
0: one. Absolutely. As always, Nikki, I love having you on and having the conversation. and, And I want to thank you for joining us today.
1: Absolutely, Chris, anytime.
0: Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. We hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, if you want to, look for Nikki and the Plant at nikkiandtheplant.org. And uh, there's a lot of good information on her website about the plant and all of its benefits. And that's going to be it for today. We hope you enjoyed the show and we hope you join us again.